Yes, yes. Times four critical hits. Oh, I'm sorry, I didn't see you there. Hello, it's me, Jeff, the voice of Asher Helich, welcoming you to our third episode of our day one release drops. From here on out, we are going to be one episode per week, releasing on Wednesdays and all of your favorite podcast retrieval locations. So please like, subscribe on iTunes and your favorite listening platforms. If you could leave us a review, that would mean a lot to us, especially here at the very beginning. And please tell a friend, an enemy, a loved one, a neighbor, and a complete stranger. Listen as Sam, the benevolent GM, guides us along a warm journey towards fluffy bunnies and certain doom. Welcome to episode three. Welcome to Potty and the Machine. back to Pod Against the Machine, the only Pathfinder actual play podcast my mom has ever heard of. Once again, I'm Sam, also known as Monkeys, Bears, and Robots, and I'll be your GM for the evening. Let's go around the table and remind everyone who all is playing. Well, I did have the uh, displeasure, I mean pleasure of rolling first uh, at the beginning, and I'm therefore uh, first for all six books of Iron Gods. Uh, I am Jeff, and I'm playing Asher Helich. The blind gunslinger. The permanently blind gunslinger. And about hip height, equally as blind, is Rixby Redtail, played by me, Zach. Hi, I'm Izzy. I'll be playing Kira, who is fully sighted, which makes her like, what, 68 to 54% more sighted than me, Izzy. (laughs) And I am Jero, and I am playing uh, Grumpy Junk Fist, I believe was the name of the character. Uh, (laughs) Junk Punch. No, I am playing uh, Vargas, and he can also still see. So that's the one thing he has going for him after uh, getting completely destroyed last week. For a little bit of a recap, last week you guys uh, dove into the waters um, of the uh, Weeping Pond and uh, swam down into the caverns underneath through the other smelly muck and um, batched some fire beetles quite easily uh, with a crit and some massive damage and um, found the dead body of Kara's uh, friend Parda and found another dead body that was in very bad shape as it had been partly eaten by a horrible pink frog monster which proceeded to blind half the party and nearly kill Vargas and um, took care of pretty close to unconsciousness too before uh, we had some last second heroics where Vargas came back from unconsciousness and killed it with a junk bunch. And thus the legend of Junk Punch was born. 
So now we find our, our party um, sitting in the cave under the Black Hill uh, with very little healing in a half-flooded room with uh, a mangled corpse, a loaded pink monster that they just put away, um, and two blind party members. It's wet and dark, and it, it reeks of mold in here. Um, all of you are soaking wet, covered in foul-smelling water, along with cuts and bruises that just starting to feel now that the action is over and the adrenaline is dying back. Uh, a couple hours ago, you didn't know any of the people you were with. You just almost died right next to them. Already found the, the bodies of two people who did die. Uh, so I think, since you all decided to take a minute or an hour or so uh, to chill and get your bearings and hope that your sight comes back, uh, we're gonna we're gonna check in and see what's going through everyone's heads. Um, so let's start with Vargas this time. I think he's a little shaken after getting almost murdered by this horrible monster, and he's not quite sure how much he touch uh, he touches. <laughs> He's not quite sure how much he touches these other people. Uh, he's not quite sure how much he trusts these other people yet. Uh, he has seen some things that make him more comfortable around them. He saw uh, Kira showing respect to someone who appears to have died in battle. He likes that. Uh, Brixby sharing his healing. So, And he saw that amazing uh, shot on the beetle from Asher. So he's starting to get along with them more but he's still a little reserved and like i said he's just also uh, kind of a little bit worried uh he's not exactly a young man anymore he's not used to uh his current move set and he's worried he might be a bit in over his head after what just happened all right um why don't we kick it over to asher yeah so <laughs> what is running through this blind gunslinger's head? Well, he he hadn't been in the torch area for much more than a week. He had the you know the benefit of seeing the torch before it went out. Uh, not to humble brag over Vargas, but uh, that that's part of what what attracted him there. He has traveled literally across Galarian starting in the southern continent of Garund, making his way all the way here to about as north as you can get. Uh, and now he's blind. <laughs> you know, he had one good shot, apparently another shot he couldn't even see. Uh, and he's here with these strangers trying to do some good, trying to get a little coin in his pocket. And, I mean, within an hour of his adventure starting, he is blind. So I think he is, uh, he's a little bit disappointed, <laughs> but, but, uh, he doesn't seem angry or scared. I, th I think he is most, uh, most disappointed because he wants to see these things, not just experience them, you know, and hear them and I have to confirm with his friends. Hey, did I get him? Is he up? So he's, uh. He's still maintaining a positive attitude, but internally he is, uh, he's not worried. He's just bummed that, you know, people need help. We don't know if Connor Bane's alive. And by the time they get dragged back out to town, have to wait a whole nother day to get his sight back and come back. I mean, that's, 
might be one more day than some of these people have. So he he's eager to to get back to work. Okay. Um, and before we, we move on to the next one, I, I forgot uh, one thing I wanted to do. How can Vargas Asher. and Asher roll me perception check? So I guess it's a sound-based perception check? Could be. Might be. Scent-based. We are starting the night off uh, with a natural one on uh, whatever that was supposed to be perceiving. So Vargas is probably going to notice less than the blind character. All right. I don't know. Let's give this uh, dice envy dice here a roll. Uh, natural 13 with a plus zero perception for a 13. Yeah. Very nice. All right. So, either of you notice anything weird going on? Um, and let's go over to Brixby. Uh, what's going on with our resident rat folks uh-huh. in his head? Well, uh, uh, based off of, you know, the last episode it's clear he's uh not having a great time on a one to ten scale of zero freaking out miserably and uh ten partying hard he's a solid two to three right now you know within his normal work he goes into dark caverns and explores uh spelunks with groups of cell swords mercenaries relatively frequently so He's a little unsettled that he's with a group of people that, like, uh, he doesn't particularly trust, but that's not necessarily getting to him. Um, There was just a definitive panic that sort of set in when he initially lost his ability to see inside of here. And he's been relatively unsettled since they first found uh, Partagar's body. So, yeah, I mean, right now, um, I believe at the end of the last episode, I said that Brixby was going to sit up against the wall, uh, and he's doing just that with his head sort of down, uh, holding his necklace really tight and, um, not hyperventilating or anything, but just sort of seeming to breathe deeply and calm himself. So almost the opposite. Uh, but yeah, not, not having a a good time right now, I would say is a good way to sum up how Bricks is doing. All right. And, uh, you want to give me a perception check as well? Yeah. See, well, um, true to form. That is three on the die, um, and uh, so I don't know how that would intersect with my normal seven perception. So that's a ten without any, um, you know, sight-based penalties. So it, it's ten for a sound, and then zero, I think, first, or you automatically fail sight-based perception while blind. Well, it looks like I'm automatically okay. failing this one, too. Um, and now one more. Let's see uh, how's Kara feeling in this uh, time under the mountain. Sure. Uh, let's see. I would say, conversely to most of the other characters, she is very much inclined to trust people. Um, I think she just likes to give people the benefit of the doubt. She loves meeting new friends. She's very down for the idea of an adventure. Um, and that persisted for most of the last couple episodes, uh, clearly until she found her friend's dead body. Um, and I think that kind of culminated in this, like the events of the last several days kind of hitting her all at once. So, you know, she's she's worried about her family. She's worried about the town. Um, she has this headache that has become debilitating for everyone else she knows. And I think she's kind of getting to the point of like, what if I can't fight anymore? Um, this is all somewhat tempered by the fact that she's in a cave with a bunch of strangers. And while she's very much inclined to like 
hey, let's hang out. I don't think she's as inclined to be like, hey, I'm having a crisis. Let's talk about it. And her her method of dealing with that is twofold. She would either, I think, take it to her mother, who is not there, or to her friend, who is dead. Um, and the other way, she's like, okay, cool. Well, then what can I do in the meantime? So I think while um, everyone's kind of sitting and recovering, she's like just pacing um, if if she had like a broom, she might she would probably try and sweep the the beach, which is not helpful because it's sand. Um, I think she'll be offering people like water, little snacks. I I think it's one hundred and ten percent like, what can I do that isn't focus on the death of this person who is like a beacon in my life? Um, and uh, you know, again, she doesn't say any of that. I think she's uh, very much an action oriented person. Um, yeah, that's. In some, and I should probably make a perception check. Oh, fantastic. Um, that is a 19 on the die. The 726, right? Yes. Ow. Assuming that this is her dead friend is not causing her to panic, which I guess we'll say isn't. For the 26, um, at one point, while while Kara is uh, pacing back and forth in that room, she catches something out of the corner of her eye um, down on, on one of the paths to the south, and it's just like the tiniest flicker of movement and then it's gone um, uh, i know what it is it seems like there was something and and then there wasn't yeah i think um she's she lean hard into that I, she's not at all comfortable like sitting here in the dark waiting for something else to happen she's like there's something over there i should go check it out uh but it's probably also cognizant that yeah that that frog thing uh took her pretty low how realistic would it be for uh Vargas, the character, when she says, hey, there's something over there, to immediately flash back to a certain conversation with the uh, village elder and assume it's one of those chameleon people. Because that feels like that's probably what that is. Don't know why you'd say something crazy like that. That just seems crazy. I think what would actually happen is uh, he'll look at her and say, what did you see? What was it exactly? I, I, I don't know. It was just it was just like a little bit of movement. It was barely even anything, but I, I can go check it out if you want because of how, you know, you, you almost got killed by that frog. Sorry, is that offensive? No, we, we shouldn't split the party. We need to wait longer to see if these two will heal on their own or if we if we need attention from clerics. Just keep an eye out. Make sure whatever it is doesn't get closer. Uh, okay. Out of character, Sam, about how long have we been inside the cave, or more importantly, since we've had water breathing cast on us? Um, at this point, you're probably like 45 minutes to an hour into the casting of, of water breathing, so the two fights you had and the, the journey over took probably about a half hour. You guys are sitting and, and waiting for your vision to clear in here. You, uh, water breathing is a total of six hours, so you still got a while left. Excellent. Now, was that that was was that six total for each of us, or was it six split between us? It was six for each of you. Yeah, he's got that extended meta magic, like the whole value of the town right there in that rod. Um, all right. So, uh, if you sort of are keeping an eye out, uh, but still hanging out for the rest of the hour in the old sort of bee cave, as about an hour passes, uh, Rixby and Asher's vision starts to finally return. It's, it's clouded and blurry at first, but, you know, with some blinking and some rubbing, find your way back to being able to see the, the black and white of, of dark vision or 
the, the little glow from the glowing bug leg that Vargas is holding. And just like that, you can see the blindness wasn't permanent. Excellent. Um, I was going to say, probably at one time during the, the time while he was blind and freaking out, um, <clears throat> Brixby uh, would probably turn in the general direction of Kira, provided that the alarm of seeing something had sort of subsided. Uh, being nervous, um, hearing nothing but the silence of like the lapping waves and the pacing of his companions. Kira, um, if you don't mind, tell me about Pardaga, please. Why, um, why do you want to know about Parda? Well, one of the worst things that can happen to a person is to be forgotten entirely. The things we remember, the things we say about them, it keeps them on, you know? Just tell me anything. Doesn't matter. Favorite color. Funny memory. Her favorite color was purple, and it's mine too. <laughs> it was... It was one of the first things I asked her when we met. <laughs> um, we, we grew up together. I, I don't know. You know how, how when you're a kid, you just... You bond over stupid things, and our stupid thing was... She's, you know also a, a half-orc. And I followed her around all the time, waiting, <laughs> waiting for her to notice me. And she did one day. She she finally just got so fed up that she turned around and was like, what do you want? And and I told her everything that I could about me. And I don't know, from then on, she helped, I guess. You know how there are those things you can't, like, tell your family because they're, they're really personal or embarrassing or your parents are, like, a different species than you? I... I could tell her everything. I I wish I'd been here, but, well, I guess I'm here now, and I can find whoever did this. Oh, and a funny story. One time, we were, we were like, out hunting, and she tripped on a rock, and it was... That's a lie. It was me. I, I, I lied. I'm sorry. But it was funny. Brixby is, for the first time since having his vision stricken from him by the horrendous pink frog... Uh, smiling a little bit. Um, this seems to calm him down a bit. Thank you, Kira. I, uh, I lost somebody in a cave a um, long time ago. And, uh, well, you never really get over it. And then he'll probably just sort of press his head back against the wall and keep holding his necklace. All right. Well, you're all in this, um... Have flooded Rome now. Um hanging out here for for a while with the two dead bodies. There are um three ways out. It's back the way you came to the northwest and then the way south where uh, Kira saw the movement. There's also a little bit of a, a channel running down uh from above where water's coming in the north, but looks like that's too small to climb through. Once Asher's sight returns, uh he sort of waves his hands in front of his gray eyes, turns them around, and he takes off his hat. He looks at the inside of it, and he just... He looks at the inside of it, and he smiles, and he puts his hat back on. and says, well, that wasn't so bad for an hour. I mean, all things considered, we could you know, still be blind out would objectively be worse. We do, however, have a ticking clock, uh, as it were, on water breathing. I mean, seriously, with all of the 
gadgets. I believe that the priest did set a clock of some sort. And I don't think he'll help us when the six hours is up. So we should get a move on. I agree. Britsby will just sort of shake it off. Um, look a, a bit more composed and uh, draw his rapier back out, tighten his tail blade. Where did you see that movement? It was, it was that path down to the south there on the map. We'll have to go slow, careful. We've used up a lot of the healing we were given by the town already. And he kind of looks around, a little embarrassed. I, I don't seem to be able to do what I did with my arm again. I'm still getting used to this. I have some magic left, but I'm out of trump cards. What do you mean? I, I was blinded instantly by that horrible pink frog. Did your arm do something? <laughs> it was so cool. It, it's an ability. Uh, I can stretch it out, hit things further away, but he looks down, can tell he tries to concentrate for a second. Uh, his tattoo might glow slightly, but nothing else happens. And then he looks at it again, and all of a sudden the hand like lights up green. He goes, still figuring this out. I can do some things, but I can't do that again. Well, should we live to see tomorrow? I, I hope to see that and to not be on the receiving end of your junk bunch. <laughs> uh, you've contributed far enough from what I heard inside this, uh, this room versus as he looks over to that awful pink frog that, um, don't worry. I'm sure that you can handle yourself and time that I at least contribute a bit in combat. Um, so to the south, you said. Uh-huh. Um, maybe I should go first. Yeah, no, I'm, um, just kind of dwaddling here, hoping you suggest that. Yeah, no problem. I'm going to arrange myself right here at the mouth of that passage, and is it too early to make a perception check? Uh, sure, you can go ahead and t make a perception check as you sort of stand at the end of this long, narrow hallway. Uh, 14 plus 7, 21. That looks like you're um, set at the beginning of a much narrower cave than, than what you've been through so far uh, that leads south at, at about the same level, maybe a little bit higher than the flooded caves. Uh, there's no water here. All along the walls, there are uh, chalk drawings uh, depicting um, twisted and spiny plants. Um, there's one particularly large drawing of a, of a strange three-legged creature that's hard to identify doesn't really look like anything you could recognize doesn't seem to be anything moving down okay. here um here will nonetheless draw her greatsword for safety looking down at the ground since there's no water uh asher will look for tracks uh, with a survival check here oh no four on the neapolitan dice uh plus four for an eight any obvious comically obvious tracks um doesn't look like there's anything uh, fresh or, or obvious. Would there be any sort of uh, knowledge to try and figure out what's shown on those pictographs? Like a 
It's hard to say. They're they're pretty crude pictures. Um, you could try a novice local. Oh, well, that one. Died that. If my die may or may not have landed on top of all of my other dice. So 15 for my okay. knowledge local up here. I got a two on the die with a minus one for a one. Those are chalk drawings. <laughs> Dirty 10. A 21 for the guy who used to live around here. So that sort of makes sense. <laughs> Well, the the twenty one well the twenty one you can sort of recognize some of the spiny twisted plants as uh, things you would see just out in the the wasteland. There's sort of some of the weird, unique to Numeria plant species, uh, but the three legged creature doesn't look familiar at all. And as you get further along in this tunnel, there's um, there are a few more chalk drawings um, of extremely emaciated people. Um, but they have these weird oblong heads and, uh, forearms. There's several drawings of them. I know what those are called. I can't remember. Uh, I almost played one of those. What about <laughs> recognizing those creatures? Is that another local or is that something different? It, it'd be another local. All right. Don't mind if I do. Just going to stop yeah. intelligence-based. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. That's a one. Don't worry about it. About a 11. We got a uh, 17 here for bricks. Nobody knows. Nobody knows. And these are weird things indeed. I mean, they don't look real. <laughs> what kind of creature would have four arms? That's unreasonable. Um. So we've, we've uh, come to kind of a fork in the path here. And uh, were I a more perceptive person, I might say this area to the north-right-ish seems perhaps less inviting than the place in the opposite direction. But also we could actually, I guess, perceive that and make a decision. Um, well, as you come into this, this area where there's a couple different ways to go, go these um, scattered on the floor to both the northwest and southeast, you have... Um, collection of crates and boxes and rubble and like chunks of scavenged metal like a, a bunch of Vargas's arms waiting to be built here it's thrown around on, on the ground now they're all piled up like somebody's it, it kind of looks like Garrett's scrap pile or a couple Garrett's scrap piles on a much smaller scale like somebody's dragged a bunch of salvage over here hmm. everybody can make uh, perception checks on the this area ooh yeah uh, Bricks has a 24. Natural 15 for a 15. <laughs> That's a 6 on the deck. Got a 12 for yeah, Vargas. Total 13 for Kira, so Bricksby it is. Oh, Bricksby's the one with the, the experience in this particular apartment, and as he's sort of sifting through the, the piles, finds a bunch of little discs that look a lot like his necklace, actually. Um, a series of uh, seven silver discs scattered um, amongst the rubble. Interesting. Uh, I've seen these before. Gone up close. Um, I think they're called silver discs. Uh, does someone want to hold on to these? Um, I, I can take them. What do they do? I've only heard of people exchanging them. That's it. Never given one. Um never really seen one just the last time um 
I was sailing, I, I just heard it mentioned in in the pot for a dice game. <laughs> well, I can apparently carry another 206 pounds, so sure. A silver disc, they're kind of negligible weight. They're like um, they're like the size of a, a watch battery kind of thing. Right. right. <laughs> I'm just saying, if we had literally one million, Kira's good. <laughs> Is it a watch battery? Can we check it for the little plus and minus? There's no little plus and minus on it. Unfortunately, they don't make it that easy. Um, so you find yourselves at a crossroads here. There are um, three different ways to go. Four if you count going back the way you came. Um, I think you can kind of see from where you're standing that the <laughs> path to the northwest kind of just stops after about 20 feet. It's just that pile. But there are ways to go to the uh, southeast or southwest. Oh, I'm interested in the southeast first. Why? Uh, that is where you said there was debris scattered from the, like, northwest to the southeast initially. You yeah. Yeah. Um, Bricks would be interested in following the debris. He's got that kind of, like, bloodhound uh, look on his face after seeing all of this assorted junk on the ground. Uh, <laughs> and you see almost a complete reversal of the apprehension and fear uh, that he was experiencing in the last room. And he's stoked. He's in his element, rolling around in garbage. East works for me. Sure. Sounds good. All right. Climbing over uh, some crates and rubble. Get yourselves into or through this little passageway. Let's see here. Um, you find yourselves in a, a vast chamber with a ceiling that rises nearly 30 feet overhead, so even taller than the other room. Um, foot-wide ledge running along the western wall um, where you're standing, which slopes down to a cave floor ten feet below. There are four ramshackle huts in this room, um, right near where you're coming in, uh, made of what appear to be strips of metal, hides, some sort of fibrous plant matter, uh, look like sort of hastily, poorly constructed items. And for those of you who can see it, uh, on the south end of the room, there is a uh, dark pit uh, in the floor that yawns and um, you can't see the bottom from here. That poor pit looks tired. I can see it yawning from here. I best not wake it from its slumber. <laughs> Be hungry. Um, Kira, um, I may have wandered forward a bit, forgotten myself. <laughs> oh, I uh, see tents up here and I'm uh, a bit concerned. I will check it out. I feel like she's going to be immediately drawn to this thing that looks an awful lot like a dead body. Couple of them. Well, as you um, step out into the open um, in this room, there's things that look a bit like dead bodies. Let's give you a closer look at on the screen here, if I ever remember the, the buttons to press. It's never good when he says, let's take a closer look at this thing. <laughs> yeah, I don't... It's, it's never let's take a look. It's I'm going to shove this into your face. Yeah, just once I'd like you to pop up a big <laughs> pile of, oh God. There we go. <laughs> it's not a pink frog monster. Um, what you see uh, standing in this room are three um, gaunt, airless people are barely wearing any clothing at all, um, holding knives, sort of stepping towards you as you come out into the room. Uh, and, and one of them who... Happens to be right by Kara, addresses you in a, a whispering voice. You speak. Y y yes? Uh huh. Yes. But 
to you? I speak. Will. will speak with you. Have your number. For our leader. Rest will wait here. Oh, um... We just... They just they just said we should, like, not split the party. So we're probably going to stay together. But everyone's super nice. I will take half your number. For our leader. Half will stay here. Or we could kill you now. Well, that... That's, like, really, really bold. Can we talk about it? We will wait. Like, immediately turn around and be like, so this seems not ideal. Well, I was worried, but it looks like these guys are all running away from us based off of their icons. So maybe they don't want to fight. They got stuff to do over on the east side of the room. Can we roll a knowledge on these things? Uh, yeah, that would be a knowledge local. They are totally just hanging out like right around you as you talk. They didn't back off at all. 17 total. Yep, that's a 17 from Bricks as well. 24 from Vargas. These are skulks. These are probably the um, Darklands dwelling um, humanoids that were mentioned by uh, Dolga during your briefing. Uh, they are camouflaged and have uh, some capacity to have uh, chameleon-like quality to their skin. Um, and uh, you guys can ask uh, two questions about them. Well, I asked uh, my skulk question the last time I passed a thing on them back in the office. So I will uh, defer to the 217 rolls if either of them can think of something they want to ask about them. Uh, generally speaking, uh, they they tend towards the uh, chaotic evil end of the spectrum. I don't remember uh, the player. I'm sure Asher totally remembers, but but me. Uh, which question did you ask, Jiro? I can't remember if it was special uh, attacks I, or special defenses. It was if they had any sort of defenses or weaknesses, and he said they didn't have much of either other than the camouflage. Cool. I, I was... 60% sure at best. Uh, any special attacks, he'll ask. Um, and generally speaking, being sneaky individuals, they um, might have the capacity to sneak attack, given the opportunity. Okay. Could we also roll a sense motive um, on that initial uh, offer to bring half of the party to their leader, knowing what we know now about their Inclination towards chaos and evil. Excellent time for a nat one. Well, I know one thing. If it's chaotic, (laughs) it's evil. Uh, 21. It's trustworthy. It beats my 19. Wow. Can't find my bonus, but it definitely beats mine. They do appear to intend to take half your party uh, to talk to their leader. Okay. Uh, So Kira, (laughs) not... Not quite whispering, but doing her best to be like, it doesn't seem like they're lying, but I don't think we should split up. Dolga said they were like, I don't know, kind of scared of people. Maybe I can make them let us all come. At the mention of, of making them let you come, their hands do drift to the swords on their belts. Well, um, how far away is your leader? He waits in the next room. Not far, not far. What happens to the other two of us if if we stay? Wait. There's no trouble from you. There will be no trouble from us. Uh, 
Why are you bringing us to your leader in the first place? We're just um, traveling down here and uh, happened upon you. Um, who's to say that we need to make a whole social affair out of this? If our leader wishes to talk to any who intrude on our territory. Have uh, others intruded down here recently? That is a question for our leader, not for me. Can can we tell, um, or is there something I can roll to see if their little tiny dagger guys match the wounds we saw in Parda? Uh, you could roll a heal check. Uh, I will try that. Uh, dirty 20. Um, it definitely similar. Uh, Parda has a whole bunch of small stab wounds Ooh. and these guys have uh, short swords and, and daggers on them. Okay. Uh, so Kira will see that and say um, look, I appreciate this little democracy you've got going on, but it's been kind of a long day and my sword is way bigger than yours. My friends are going to come with me to see your leader or we're going to have a problem. And I would also like to roll an intimidate check. Go for it. Oh, that was way not good. Like stand up behind her and kind of look menacing and try Rock. to give her a uh, bonus. Uh, you could roll to aid. Please do. No. <laughs> it is a five out of the needed ten. So I do not aid. Yeah, I rolled a four plus seven, but that's still an eleven. And eleven's not going to do it. I think. Uh. Okay. So they um, creep still closer to you and they say the, the deal is simple. Half of your number come. Speak to our leader now or we kill all of you. Decision should not be difficult. Okay. I I guess I'll go. Kira will volunteer herself. Uh, I don't know if that makes the most sense strategically. Brixby looks up at Asher. Oh, I think one of us should go with him. Uh, well, I've seen you have a way with words. Um, I do too sometimes. Yes, well, I would certainly hope things can be resolved peacefully, but should anything go awry in tight spaces, I believe you'd be the better choice, strategically. So, well, perhaps you and Kira should go and have a nice and agreeable chat with these fine folks as leader and uh right. Vargas and I will stay here and be patient absolutely and you know knowing you I'm sure that if something was wrong I'd hear it he looks at us yep quickly um turns back to Kira well big stuff guess you're with me alright uh creepy bald people let's go talk to your friend Okay. I'm sure we'll look to Vargas. He's very confident in his hearing species' his ears. <laughs> the, the one that had been doing the sort of talking will will can for you to, to follow after her. And the, the other two will stay back and hands on the swords watching Asher and, and Vargas. Vargas will be uh, watching this one to the north back, just keeping an eye on him, making sure he can't try to blend into the scenery. The um the skulk leading the way uh, takes a, an abrupt left around the urn and, and heads into a cave to the north, um, getting you into a, a small and cramped cave, uh, which is filled with metal junk covering almost every inch of the ground. Uh, at the back of the cave is a precarious 
uh, pile of rising heap lake into a bit of a hut and uh, perched in front of that hut is another one of these skulks um of course I constantly forget the command to display it but she's um emaciated um there's even more daggers than the rest of them um but she's uh, now bone thin completely bald and staring out at you uh, from her perch on top of a pile of junk and the, the skull who led you in sort of steps off to the side uh, to let you um, step towards her and he says what have we here hi I'm Kira this is my friend Brixby hello you you summoned us so maybe you talk first I am Seth I'm the leader of the people you have entered my caves do not wish to kill you there has, has been far too much killing here of late, but not simply let you through. I'll make a... I'll offer you a deal. Free passage through my caves into the ruins beyond. If you leave my people unharmed, and you clear out the nest of gremlins to the north. Is this agreeable to you? Can we sense motive? For it. I would, yeah. I, I would sense that motive if, if we can... There is a motive to sense. Sure can. That's a seven. Total. That is a. It's a sixteen. With a sixteen, I, it seems like she's being forthright. Um, if anything, there seems to be a sort of of desperation in her voice that she's kind of trying to conceal. But she she does seem to be making you a genuine offer. Rixby turns to Kira and and doesn't try to conceal that he's whispering. But my people, um. No one close to me, but my people have had dealing with with their people before. Um, they have upheld violence. Uh, not everyone is to be trusted, just like all humans. He looks quickly at the uh, skulk and then back to Kira. But uh, he seems a deal, and I would agree. So far, we've already seen more death in this cave than we intended. Um, yeah, I think Kira just kind of stares at him for a little bit and then sort of thinks about it and then nods. She's like, I think one of them or probably a lot of them hurt my friend. But if she were here, she would say it doesn't make sense to keep hurting other people to fix that. Mm-hmm. I, I don't want to risk one of you guys going the same way because I was upset. You deserve answers. We are considering your offer, but on a basis of trust, we'd like a question or two answered to begin a a relationship, a working relationship. You feel me? She sort of frowns, but holds a a hand out with her palm up, like she's signaling you to to go ahead. We found the body of a half-orc warrior just north of these caverns and to the east she was covered small stab wounds he looks pointedly at daggers now i know there are plenty of dangers under here but i think my friend here would like to know did you have anything to do with her death she takes a moment and kind of measures her words carefully uh, looking down at the ground in front of her and says I do not know who specifically struck the blow. I do not deny my people 
killed several of of the people who came into these caves. There was a half-orc among them. I do not apologize for this. This is my territory. We were protecting our place here and doing and fulfilling an agreement that we have with another. But I do regret... Which other? It was first group come through here. The largest one. There were, there were orcs. There were people like you. Act people. There was a woman. Purple hair. Hit us the treasure. Told us to kill any who come through behind them. There would be more treasure. And they would leave my tribe alive. We made the agreement or the leader before me did. Things have gone poorly since then for, for us and for a great many people. But when we killed that half-orc, we were honoring that agreement. When, when did you make this agreement? It was some two weeks ago. Are these people still down here? The ones who made the agreement, you said, to not let anyone follow them. We haven't seen them come back. It went up through the caves to the north, the gremlin's nest. I have not returned. I don't think Brisky would feel comfortable providing like a decent physical description of Connor, but he would look again to Kira and say, I'm not quite sure what Connor looks like. Do you ask? I hope he's had better luck than Ida. The, the half-orc woman that someone killed, she didn't come down here alone. Who, who was she with? Was she with a description that Sam will provide of Connor? She shakes her head and says uh, she was she was amongst the second group come through who were completely unprepared. The challenges of the caves and dispensed with them easily. Man you describe, who was much more formidable. He slew my our, our clan's former leader and uh, most of our numbers, honestly, left us here licking our wounds. When he came through a second time, we we hid and let him pass. Did he head in the same direction? North towards the gremlin camp. No, she he went uh, went through there, and she points back towards the uh, southeast into the the big room. Bricks will turn again to Kira. Well, um, unless we're looking to follow suit, seems like we're going to make a deal. I would love to leave you with a parting gift that maybe indicates something of the person that you took from me but it sounds like there's been plenty of loss here already so I will let you sit with that and we can call this a deal I'm not happy with it but I guess no one really wins here she nods slowly um she says they're at the the gremlins from the north as I said and we will not peed you in any way can offer you some portion of the the treasure that the woman with the purple hair gave us is recompense for your loss. <laughs> sure, thank you. We love treasure. Yeah, I'm quite sure you can find all sorts of ways to be helpful to us after we're helpful to you. So, these gremlins, are they? And he points to in this cavern that they're in to the east and sees the caverns go north from there. This way to the north or do we backtrack from where we first found your people? Uh, these these passages are all interconnected. They all take you to the same places. 
Well, if you'll allow us the company of our companions, I'm quite sure Kira doesn't want to uh, stretch out this interaction longer than it needs to be. Yeah, you suck, respectfully. It's a surface thing. It's a very neutral statement to say. Chief, I see. You you suck as well. She waves away the um, skulk at the back who um, will head over the other ones and um, but no. The court has been reached. I'm free to rejoin your companions. She'll step out of the way so you guys can get by. Asher will finish his story that he was telling Vargas and say, and I never did figure out how those two goats got in the tree, but we ate like kings that night. Anyway, looks oh. like we can rejoin the others. If it weren't for that horse, never would have spent that year in Rahadum. Also, uh, Vargas cannot see very far. Which direction were the others in? <laughs> uh, northwest. There. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> As you come into that room, um, the aciated skulk uh, sitting atop the pile of, of junk will say, Hello, hello. Suck. You suck. <laughs> ah, yes. You suck too. Thank you. So she, she told us we should go up this, like, what, that way. <laughs> Um, yeah, this northern passage, she also mentioned that, um, she needs us to handle a nest of gremlins. Do any of you know anything about gremlins? I don't. I lack knowledge nature. Me too. What is a gremlin? You're not supposed to feed them after a certain time. Hmm. Here we ask, Seth, could you describe the damage resistance if they have any, <laughs> as well as any special attacks or defenses? Oh, they're <laughs> tiny, pesky creatures. They steal. You know, they expect they turn to back to sneak all around, <laughs> climb into your space, and harass you, but they're very difficult to harm. I like a challenge. <laughs> We're pretty good at harming things, no problem. Well, let's uh, not draw this happy meeting out longer than it needs to be. Looks grimly back towards Kira, who is already out of the room. <laughs> Bye. All right. You know, Seth waves you off as you go. As we're uh, moving out, Vargas is going to uh, walk up to uh, Kieran Brixby. We only have about four and a half hours left on this water breathing. And you two are picking up side quests. From what I've understood, the reason why Kira's friend lays dead north, Metal Man, is because of these wall-blending, knife-wielding nightmares. One creature nearly took all of us out. We don't know how many there are. Their permission to move down here is crucial. We can always get more magic. But there's only one of you, Junk Punch. He's gonna just kinda glare at Brixby, but he's not going to say anything because he realizes that he's right. Uh, can we percept check? Figure out a direction? Alright, um, as you head out of her, um, lair sort of to the right, find yourselves into a, a series of narrow interconnected caves. So if you want to roll a perception check, figure out which way to go. Would survival not fit in here at all? Natural 20. 
plus seven. Oh. Let me just, um, that one intimidate check would have been great with any of these perception rolls, but that's fine. Um, I mean, perception could tell you along the same lines that, or I mean, survival could tell you along the same lines if you rolled well, um, that looks like for the most part, the, um, activity is up to the north, not really to the, the east here. The south takes you back down into that big room where you first encounter the skulks. Yep, I see that now. Um, so Kira will turn around to everyone except Brixby, who's gone on ahead. Um, and as she's turning, um, Kingsley, her scorpion, will like crawl out from under her hair and just kind of settle on top of her head and be like, Kingsley says we should go this way. Uh, she's nice. just going to brush past Brixby here and be like, it's no offense. You're just so small. Okay. Um, as you step into that square, uh, let me just see what my what I roll here. You, As you brush through a um, tripwire. Okay. And a spike shooting out of the wall. Does 22 hit your flat-footed AC? It absolutely does. A spring-loaded spike shoots out of the wall and hits you for 7 damage. Ooh, that's a lot. <laughs> Kira looks immediately very, very bad. Uh, to the north, something laughs uproariously. I know. Perhaps I should go first. <laughs> this sort of trickery, traps, snares. I'm familiar. Rixby will say I'm it's just because you're so big as he pushes by her <laughs> back to the front. Yeah. Uh, can we see that? The, oh, that's that's just a skulk, right? This um, up to our, like, north. What is that? West? Um, that appears to be the source of the laughter. Got it. <laughs> if it's not immediately attacking us, we should maybe heal. I have one hit point. It's, it's just sitting there laughing. Heck. There we go. That was uncalled for. It's a little gray. Oh, they really are friends. Yeah, it's a tiny gray little um, goblinoid creature or goblin-looking creature with a tiny little knife and a terrifying toothy grin. Yeah. Um, sitting on the ground, laughing its head off at the spike that impaled Kara and seemingly without a care in the world. Awesome! I'm gonna kill it. Yeah, heal up so we can give it a care. The thing that's most terrifying too is uh, Jason Bowman's copyright lawyers. <laughs> Love you, Jason. <laughs> um, yeah, is it is it like are we an initiative? I think this is probably a good time to roll for initiative. Next time around. So, see who wants to go first to tell me when they're going. That's a twelve for Kira. All right, twelve for Kira. Uh, Brixby, what do you got? I rolled a twelve for a fifteen. All right, and Vargas, how are you? Rolled a 17 for a 19. This is feeling quick today. And how about Asher? Rolled a 10. Uh, first roll of the night on the portal dice from Cozy Camera Shop. Uh, that was only a natural 10 for a total of a 14. All right. Well, Vargas is up first. You got a laughing gremlin a little ways to the north here. Uh, how narrow is this? Would it be just normal movement to squeeze past my allies or no? Um, yeah, these are all sort of normal with squares, despite looking a little bit. Okay. So he's going to look at that thing. He's going to go, don't laugh at us. And he's going to uh, step right up to it and take a swing. Not going to hit more likely than not. That is an 11. 
Alright, that will not hit its uh, flat-footed AC. So the gremlin just laughs its head off as you uh, fail to strike it. And the uh, Brixby is up. Uh, Brixby, um, who's had his rapier and tailblade out, um, we'll say. Well, we've heard that you can enter into people's spices, but have you heard about me? He takes a step to the northwest, entering into Vargas's space. Uh, mechanically, this is the scurrying swarmer feat, which allows me to occupy the same space as an ally, uh, getting the benefits of flanking for myself. So with that five-foot step, he's going to take a full attack, uh, first with the rapier. That is a 12 versus flat-footed. Uh, 12 does not hit flat-footed. All right. And then he will take a attack with the tail blade. This is a negative one. Ooh, that is not going to hit. That'll be an 11. Right. Small and ineffectual. Hopefully just like you. All right, and he's still laughing his head off as we roll over to Asher. And Asher looks and sees that he can barely even get into that space. Uh, so he will move 5 and 15, 20 feet to the northwest, 5 30. So there is a little spot there for Kira, so we can all try and hit a dogpile on this little gremlin. And in melee range, since he's going before this creature, he's gonna say, cover your ears, and he will fire point blank at this gremlin with the portal die. No, uh, that is a four on the die for not enough. All right, and we're on to Kara as this little thing it's dancing out of the way of seemingly everybody. Sure. Um, as much as she would like to go and attack, I would like her to not die. Um, at least not in episode three. So I think she's going to um, take out the potion that they stole off that corpse and drink it. Is that that's a is that a full round action to remove and to move to draw and then a um, standard to drink, I believe. That's a three plus one. Four. four. That's fine. We'll take it. Five HP. Do you want to nice. well, This little gremlin, I was going say. <laughs> and it's going to jump into the same square as uh, Vargas and Brixby. So you both get attacks of opportunity on it. <laughs> yes. Nope. That's a two on the die. Uh, for Vargas, it is a 16 on the die, so a 19. A 19 will hit. Yay! Much better than my 8 last time. D6 plus 2, because I don't got any magic going off. So that will be 5 points of damage. Alright, and as you punch this little creature, 5 points of damage, it's like punching this weird little rock. It's like it didn't do anything at all. It just keeps laughing and laughing. Oh man, now that it's in your space, it's gonna try to stab you. So that is going to be a uh, 15. Against Vargas? Yeah, Vargas. That is a hit. Alright, that is a, a massive one damage with the short sword. It just kind of stabs you with its tiny, tiny little weapon. It goes right back to last. Three fortitude saves. <laughs> no fort save. One for paralysis. Oh, no. Oh, that comes later. All right, and Vargas, you are up. You are in the most crowded square in the history of Pathfinder right now. Yeah. 
We're like a Matryoshka doll of just... <laughs> he is going to uh, sort of concentrate, close his eyes. You can tell he's annoyed by this thing poking at him. And he is going to use up a point from his arcane pool to uh, make his golem fist hit a little harder. So that will give me plus one to attack and damage. So let's see if that can uh, possibly get through whatever DR or hardness or whatever it is this little got on. So that is a 19 to hit. 19 will hit. And that is three. That is going to be five damage again. So I imagine that once again does not go through. Once more, it's... You know you hit it, you feel like you landed a good blow, and it just, it totally no-shells it. It's sandbagging you. Bouncing all around in your square. Um, Brixby? Because I had to activate that this turn, uh, that is his turn. Alright, uh, Brixby, you're up. Brix is gonna take another attempt at a full attack uh, in his incredibly full square. I somehow have been rolling less and less, and have hit the bottom, so it's a nat one with the rapier. So I can only go up from here, everyone. Tailblade, negative one modifier. That would be a 16, 17 on the die. A uh, 16 will not hit. Oof. And this thing is a slippery little bugger. All right, and um, back around to Asher. Asher will... Uh, grab a bullet off his bandolier and chamber a new round and take a five foot step back. I think I can kind of wedge myself into this corner here. Uh, and that is his entire turn. Alright, and Kira is up. Okay, let's see. Um, Kira is pretty upset because this thing is laughing at her and she also just got caught by that trap which is like super embarrassing in front of her new friends. Um, okay, so I think this works. Please correct me if I'm wrong. She's going to drop her greatsword and draw her Lucerne hammer. Um, none of you know this yet, but its name is Lucy, and it's, uh, you know, bedazzled with ribbons and uh, glitter, um, mainly in purple and pink because, again, branding is important. Um, she is 10 feet from this thing, I think. Great. Okay. Um, so that'll give her the extra reach, and... Uh, Having seen all her friends try and fail to hit this thing, mostly, um, she's, and, you know, seen a friend die, she's coming here, she's very tired, she's kind of hurt, um, she's pissed, she is going to rage as soon as Hero Lab loads a little check mark. Awesome. Um, great, so she's going to uh, reaction rage and to hit, and hopefully not embarrass herself. Um, let's see, that is, wait for it, it's loading, it's loading. Uh, 12 plus 7, 19 to hit. 19 will hit. Awesome. And that is, she's got the hammer. Uh, we have 5 on the die, plus 9 for 14 points of damage. But please, God, done something. Alright, it doesn't feel like all of it goes through, but it does feel like the gremlin's head still gets squished by the end of Lucy the Lucerne Hammer. And the goblin falls to the ground in the crowded, crowded square. Um, if if she were a different type of person, she might, like, flip it off, but she's not. So instead, she's just going to be like, yes, and end her turn. Okay, and after your turn ends, um, you do see a, another goblin 
another gremlin, I'm sorry, um, step down into the cave, um, wave to all of you, laugh uproariously, and then disappear in a poof of purple energy. Alright, it is uh, Vargas' turn. Uh, Vargas is going to go after that so that he doesn't waste this uh, minute of <laughs> enhancement bonus he's got. So, 5, 10, 15. And he is actually going to stop uh, off to about 15 feet to the northeast and use his action to make a perception and see if he can figure out which direction that thing might be in. Okay. So that is going to be an 11. Now with an 11, it, it could go either way. Hard to say which way it went because it didn't exactly leave a trail. Then he is going to ready an action to just punch out if it shows up in his square before his next turn. Okay. And Brixby, you are up. Alright, um, Brixby will take 5, 10, uh, 15 foot diagonal step following Vargas uh, into his square and um, ready this uh, a similar if uh, something comes into striking range that I can see uh, I will hit it with my rapier okay and Asher is up and Asher will follow his compatriot setting southeast first he will though as a free action as he passes Kira say now that was a good smash and then he will Continue 20, 25, now heading up to the north. And he'll actually park it five foot north here. And if something appears, uh, if another gremlin appears within 25 feet in his touch increment, he will shoot. Okay, well, as uh, Asher steps into that square, feels a, a wire snap off oh, his leg. And does a 23 hit? Uh, yeah. I, I wish I could come up with a witty way to say no, but I totally don't. Yeah, a, a hidden spike shoots out of the wall and digs deep into Asher's shoulder for nine damage. Oh dear, that is indeed deep into his shoulder. North was a bad choice, he calls it. Fine. Boy, howdy. It's surely a finite number of traps. Man, this party could use it. Frank, you're going to have to find yeah. out after I go to bed. Night, everybody. <laughs> night, Good Sam. night, Sam. Good night, Sam. Good night, Sam. Good night, Sam. Property of Network Against the Machine LLC, all rights reserved. Pathfinder and the Iron Gods Adventure Path are property of ISO Publishing. See their website for more details. Theme Against the Machine was written and performed by your own Zach. See the show notes for additional music and sound licensing. If you enjoyed the show, we encourage you to leave us a review.
we'll call that episode one or three, <laughs> as it were. Call that episode one. It'll be very confusing. Yeah, I think of them as like the um, the Honeycrisp Bear, like for the, from the cereal. What is he? Is that like a beaver? They occupy the same space in my head. Oh, it's a bear. Yeah. Yeah, now that I'm looking at it bigger, I think it is a bear. <laughs> this is Gorilla Warfare or Gremlin Warfare or whatever. Hopefully there aren't gorillas here.